Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the super supremacy of our fleet. Guys, we are so close. Can you feel it? The Last Jedi, that's the eighth episode of the Star Wars saga, is so close. Some of us are going to see it at different times, but we are all together, the Force Center family, going to enjoy it, and we're here to talk about a lot of things today, and I couldn't do it without Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. I can feel it. 
You can? Yeah. You asked if we could feel it, and I can. Yes. I really, really can. Every <laughs> second of every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's so close. It's getting there. All the yeah. TV spots, the the billboards, Jennifer. Oh, my goodness. I'm tired. That's what I feel. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. tired. Tired. I'm ready for this movie to finally happen. Yeah. And, oh. and uh, I will say next week we're going to do a look uh, at uh, some final predictions, but also talking about the experience of seeing movies like this. Uh, we have a lot of stories just seeing these uh, previous what do we say? Nine films now, counting the Clone Wars, which I didn't I see. I saw it in the theater. You saw it in the theater? Oh, yeah. I did not see it in the theater. Ooh, I almost wish I did now. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to catch up with some news. News has just been flying off uh, uh, left and right. Also, we're going to talk about Battlefront 2, the story, the canon mode, and this book, The Legends of Luke Skywalker by Ken Liu, is an interesting read. And Joseph and I have finished it, and we are going to talk about it with Jennifer here because I think there's a lot of things. I think a lot of people haven't read this book, and we're going to pull some stuff from it. We think there's some important stuff there. Time will tell once The Last Jedi hits the screens. But uh, as we get get ready, as we brace for impact of Last Jedi, there's some cool things going on. Uh, Jennifer, did you finish building the Lego sets you need to build for Star Wars? I have, and I can't even say what they are. Oh. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Uh, I cannot even. Oh, you guys, I can't wait. I can't cannot wait. wait. Should we go back and bleep Lego every time we say Lego? Do we need to, Jennifer? We can. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I hope it. I you mean, know what? I hope it goes through after all. I love Lego, but yeah. uh, I've had some problems with them before. So, um, <laughs> shutting down Star Wars podcast. Jennifer, I hope you're having a good time with your beep. <laughs> Did you finish building your beep? <laughs> Awesome. Um, uh, and Joseph, uh, you've got something exciting going on here. That's this right. This coming Friday, you are going to be in the movie trivia showdown, the Star Wars Fatal Five-Way number one contender. That's a long title match. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have had so much fun because it is not recorded previously, no, right? It's no, coming up. Kayfabe, right? Yes. We pretend like it is that we haven't actually recorded that. Yes, yes. It's, I am uh, looking forward to having done that. <laughs> Ah. It's a it's a gonna going to be a ferocious battle. Yeah, and I will talk a little a uh, light smack yes. on uh, on Twitter because yes. uh, uh, this is not going to be in a shock. I don't think this is giving anything no. away. A little uh, preview for people who are going to watch. Right. I'm not a heel. I am a face. Oh, yeah, I couldn't see, I would never want to see you go to the dark side. You're, oh, yeah. I want your spirit to remain pure. And I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long. Yeah. We'll see what happens long. with this match. We'll see if I get the, driven to the dark side. The winner of the, of the match gets to face me at the, the Schmodown Spectacular on December 22nd for the Movie Trivia Schmodown Star Wars Trivia Championship. And the contenders, uh, along with our good friend and co-pilot here, Joseph Scrimshaw, will be still Saunders, uh, Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained, uh, Geek girl diva Shayna she's coming into the uh, competition ring and Sam Whitward Darth Maul himself so it'll be a pretty ferocious battle yeah I can't wait yeah done a lot of studying have you have you studied oh yes yeah. I've studied my you man I should get my wife Sarah on to talk about how <laughs> much I've studied and I will just turn to her and say random numbers and she's like what are you talking about like that's a Star Wars number I need to remember that Star Wars number remember wow. the Star Wars numbers yeah numbers are key quotes all that stuff that's going to be exciting that's coming out December 8th on the Collider video usually drop around 2 p.m. PST so uh, with uh, that excitement uh, on the horizon 
let's dive into the Star Wars news. It's almost hard to keep up, Jennifer. I have dropped off a little bit only just because I think I've missed some things. There's mm. some things on your list I was looking at. I was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what you think about this one. I thought of you. Uh, Entertainment Weekly is not stopping their coverage. I really thought that they would have stopped by now, but they're not, uh, which is wonderful. Of The Last Jedi, EW reporter Anthony Bresnikan shared some secrets about Kylo Ren's TIE silencer, such as the ship is faster and more heavily armored than the First Order's TIE fighters. Kylo's ship also incorporates elements from his grandfather's concave-winged TIE Advanced X-1. Anthony Bresnikan actually made some good uh, points in that Kylo Ren must have picked up some of his father's, uh, Han Solo's, flying skills, which mm. I guess I had never really thought about. Yeah. Um, but he also, uh, my my curiosity was, what do you think of the Tyler Silencer, Ken? I love it. I love the design the moment uh, we first saw it. It just makes sense. This is a this is a kid that worships Vader, so it should look like the uh, TIE Advanced. It's got the, the same kind of that First Order feel to it. I love my Star Wars vehicles, and that this one definitely has the makings of a classic. And yeah, you're right. He's got Han skills. And let's not forget Leia in the comics, definitely. Uh, it turns out she's a damn good pilot as well. That's right. Uh, flying the N1 Naboo Starfighter there uh, in um, Shattered Empire. So uh, it would make some sense, and uh, we'll see. They'll see if, if uh, those emotions in that cockpit are the key. What is there something that can uh, you know make Kylo's emotions just nice and, and not kill people like his mother? You know, see no, that it's, ship uh, is that ship's his emotions. It's, <laughs> he, it's he's lonely. It's a single yeah. person ship, right? It's mm-hmm. yep. like a long dark tear flying through space. <laughs> <laughs> it does look yeah. like it. Yeah, it, there is something I really like that it moved. That it's got the conical wings to yeah. reference Grandpa, but it does just look so sharp and brutal and mm-hmm. angry, and like it just wants to listen to the Cure. It's mm-hmm. like a yeah. space black widow. Yeah, it's got the red hourglass almost in the yeah. center there. You know. It does. I mean, it's just a yeah. really cool looking ship. It is. Yeah, yeah I've, I've held the toy and thought. Ooh. <laughs> I might purchase that. Yeah, oh. I'm gonna need that in oh. some form or another. I thought you guys might like that one. <laughs> well, another new vehicle in the Last Jedi is a Canto Bite Speeder, which is a cross between a personal helicopter and a mall cop's Segway. Mm. The speeders hover close to the ground, which makes it easier to pursue a suspect. Did you guys see the the new Hasbro? toy of it's very delicate looking i've also held this in my hands what did you think of it oh i love it 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 is such the the toy and the design is just embracing that the star wars galaxy has no osha right that it has (laughs) no sense of safety this is the like logical extension of there are no rails anywhere (laughs) um it's a personal helicopter with delicate little legs and no protection. No, with for those blades the, right next to the yeah, person. And there's just like there's no screen. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't it's know like if there's those even kind of safety belts. Classic G.I. Joe uh, vehicles from the yes. 80s where you're like, oh, no one could really fly this helicopter. There's no protection. There's the, <laughs> the blades hitting your heads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have less of an opinion on this one than I do the Kai, uh, the TIE silencer for Kylo Ren, but uh, this would make me believe, unless this is the Constable Zuvio of vehicles, that we're going to have some sort of police activity on Canto Bight. That's mm. exciting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, "Mm, I know where that fits into the film. Moving on. Does Snoke have osteoporosis? (laughs) According to actor Andy Serkis, yes, Snoke does have a bone disease that has left his body, quote, twisted like a corkscrew. Andy also said that Snoke is incredibly damaged and therefore vulnerable, yet he's still filled with hate. 
But don't call him a Sith, Circa says that Snoke is at the darker end of the Force, and we will learn a little bit more about him in The Last Jedi. Mm. Yeah, I was like, a little bit more? Wait a minute. So it sounds like we're going to learn more about whatever Snoke is in Episode Nine. Do we think that Ryan Johnson's next trilogy could kind of expand on whatever Snoke is? Are are we going to get to learn more about it in a novel? Like... I guess that's my my question. Yeah. I, I think more could be in a novel or supplemental material than than Johnson's movies. Though I think whatever Snoke introduces in terms of dark light and something else or Jedi Sith, something else could be explored in, in those Ryan Johnson things. What, what's fascinating about this uh, to me, Joseph, is that Snoke seems physically vulnerable. Yeah, I really like that idea that maybe he is really strong with the Force, yeah. but if anybody gets close to him, he's not doing backflips, you know? <laughs> because that was... Uh, Palpatine always looked like he, in theory, should be physically right. vulnerable, but the story has always been, he's not. You right. get close to him, you will die. And that does happen in Battlefront too. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the multiplayer, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so I like the idea that, oh, he really needs those guards. Yeah. Those Praetorian guards. Yeah, he yeah. really oh. needs Kylo Ren. And if Rey's way more powerful than Kylo Ren, he really needs her not only to get his uh, object- objectives accomplished, but also yeah. just to keep his corkscrew body alive. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, the picture you're painting uh, is interesting to me. And Jennifer, this is like we talk about this is going to be a rehash and all this kind of like. Uh, you know, fair questions, but subtly criticisms. Uh, th- if that's the Snoke we're getting, that is different from the Emperor. And I love it already. Very different. Yeah, I didn't even think about the Praetorian Guards. They are essential, and he must have a lot of them, one would think. It seems like it, yeah, because <laughs> from all of the all. fighting uh, practice we're seeing, I think a lot of them are going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, hey, yeah. great segue. Okay, uh, the official Star Wars YouTube account shared an incredible training featurette where we see Daisy Ridley, Gwendolyn Christie, Adam driver and surprise kelly marie tran all training for their respective fight scenes it was very impressive inspired me to hit the gym after seeing the video (laughs) um but i was surprised to see kelly marie tran i mean it could be the whole canto bite thing but it reminded me joseph yes the bb8 playset do you remember the BB-8 oh, playset? Yeah. yeah, you think Kelly Marie Tran's going to make it into the BB-8 base? I don't know, um, with, with old Snoke? I think so. I she's, mean, she's the one that uncorkscrews him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, she's the one who gets a blast into his golden robe. Yeah, I mean, it showed her being much more active yeah. than we had known, especially with the, like, what, she's not even a fighter. She's just tech support, really, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's ground crew. Yeah. She's ground crew, yeah. So, so that was interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh, this... I don't want to say it's spoilers, but seeing all these people fighting, it did kind of help me start well, to connect. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I have less of an opinion on this story because I haven't actually officially watched this. Good. Uh, because <laughs> have you unofficially? Have unof- Well, I did unofficially <laughs> because uh, my girlfriend, who's a, an actress but also a combat stage fighter, you yeah. know, oh, takes wow. sword fighting classes and, and is great with a broadsword. She's fascinated by this type of stuff, oh, so yeah. she knew what so it was, cool. and so. Here I I was on my uh, side of the room like, I shall not watch this video to keep myself from spoilers. And then she's sitting next to me on the couch. I look over, what are you watching? And she was watching it. So I kind of did a sideways glance at it. Maybe didn't tune in as much as I could have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Um, that is an unofficial watch. Unofficial watch. But, uh, yeah, it looks like Kelly Marie Tran's going to get in some uh, hand-to-hand fisticuffs. And uh, we're going to have, I think, a pretty ferocious fight here. Some blaster action. Mm -hmm. Looks like lots and lots of 
Adam Driver and yeah. Daisy Ridley. Yes. My favorite thing about this, and it is this little thing that's emerging while the Last Jedi cast and crew are doing this huge junket mm-hmm. of that Adam Driver is sometimes a little off to the side. Right. And like uh, Boyega and Ridley call each other Peanut. Which right. is a thing that Adorable. came out, and like it, obviously Mark Hamill is charming, and Ryan yeah. Johnson is charming, and, and there starts to be a little bit of picture of like you got you, is there, is everything okay? Did, but I think he's just because he he gave another quote where he said I'm I'm uh, I'm very intense, I'm really obsessive, yeah, yeah, and you think of that and you go back and watch this, Oof. and Daisy really talks about in this uh, training feature about how like oh yeah, it's really hard. There's some good days and some bad days, but then I just look at Adam and he's just so good and then there's this quote from Adam of like the uh, the trainers are very good so I have to be very good and then it's just like you can't tell that he's not Kylo Ren like that's Kylo Ren in yeah. a t-shirt that's not Adam Driver practicing <laughs> yeah, he is amazing. so fully committed yeah. like, so, so I don't know I just wanted to give a shout out for somebody who is obsessive Yeah, like, mm. Adam, there's nothing out there that's saying Adam Driver is a jerk or that nobody likes him mm. no. he's super focused on the work yeah, yeah. I really I mean, admire him more that. power yeah. to Daisy Ridley and, uh, and John Boyega if they want to make up raps in that together yeah but I understand. <laughs> I understand also because it's a part of my personality too yeah. to be like I'm doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and if that, I think that's where Adam Driver's at. I, I, you know, the more you know, you're exposed to Adam Driver. I think I'm, I'm really more of just a fan of just who he is, yeah. and mm-hmm. his commitments and and uh, convictions in life and his past. It's a different past, a military past and a theater past. And uh, I think you're right. I think it's it's not. Uh, he looks so uncomfortable in these press conferences. <laughs> I was watching a little bit of the ones yesterday uh, at the time of our recording uh, over this past weekend. Uh, they they had the the big Last Jedi press conference stuff. I was watching him uh, on video. And he just looks not in like an a hole way. He's not a, like a jerk. Just in this like, I don't want to talk about this. Let it, sh- let the screen, let it all come out on screen. Yeah, right. I'm going to commit. Yeah, so it, it's pretty fascinating. You're absolutely right. He he is he is in in uh, the, the head of Kylo Ren even in, <laughs> in practice. I think even in the uh, in the SNL sketch of Matt the Radar Tech. Oh yeah, he brings Kylo right. to the playing Kylo. Yeah, I mean <laughs> people approach sketches sometimes like let me be goofy. Yes, but yes. he's got an, a very actorly background. Yes, and he's playing the damn character. I love it. They found the right guy to do Kylo. I'll say. Uh, well, the good guys, uh, let's talk about the good guys, which is Mark Hamill, who recently stopped by the Ellen show and faced off in a trivia game against a 10 year old. Some of the questions included, quote, what color was Luke's original lightsaber and what model was the Millennium Falcon? Uh, <laughs> I don't think Mark is ready to compete in the Star Wars showdown just yet because <laughs> the kid won. Uh, but yeah, that, that, yeah, the kid is supposedly a movie expert that apparently is on uh, Ellen all the time. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had seen the kid before. So my question is, which Star Wars actor would you guys want to face <laughs> off against? Who do you think? But I think John Boyega would probably have the most And you're talking about knowledge. like, uh, you're talking about if I was to face off with like good competition? Yeah. yeah. I think someone like Boyega, Oscar Isaac seems, because he grew up oh, with it, you yeah. know, he's, he's there with That's it. I, if I want to win, it would be Harrison Ford. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that would be uncomfortable, though, because I think Harrison Ford might actually punch me in. No, look, uh, Mark Hamill let that kid win. He, I'm just going to say that. He I'm just saying that. You're saying that. I, does, I'm saying it. I'm going. You know, I've been yeah. mired in this trivia world now for a little while, uh, practicing, rehearsing. Mm-hmm. You know, being on on my personal Dagobah. Uh, yeah, no, he threw it. He threw it to that kid. He did. The kid's very impressive. Uh, it, it gets impressive, I'll but talk. it was very weird after really, really training a lot. 
recently yeah. <laughs> to watch this like cute short Ellen like yeah uh, like no 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 this this is now your trivia <laughs> all right power. all right take the, a deep breath so power of the trivia takes yeah. over oh, yeah no that's great and Hamill's so good man he what what an ambassador for Star yeah. Wars he's always been but he is even more now ah just so charming um, he also talked about how he misses Carrie Fisher and he said that they're like they were like real siblings in in real life in that they would often fight so that's just one last little yeah. little tidbit that's going to be watching those press conferences it's like uh, yeah, and, and all the press tours in the last week or so and Good Morning America and Alan all that stuff man yeah wouldn't have would have been, would have been great to have Carrie yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the last time around was so entertaining oh yeah. so fun yeah so well oh you know actually yeah they've, they've all been making the press rounds recently yeah. so Rolling Stone had some great interviews with The Last Jedi Gang two that really stood out was when Adam Driver said that he's playing Kylo Ren younger than his own age of 34, but he said, quote, I don't want to say how much younger, because people will read into that. <laughs> and then the interviewer said that Adam Driver blushed and said he regretted saying anything at all. <laughs> I was like, okay, what, what, wait, what? The second thing was when Daisy Ridley said uh, was asked if she would play Ray in another film after episode nine. She emphatically told the interviewer, no. And that episode nine is the perfect way to end her character story. So, what do you guys think about that? About both things, I'll just leave it. Like the the Ray thing is blown out of proportion yeah. Yeah. by the understandable need. We've talked about it a million times to get get clicks, get yeah. listens, yeah. get mm-hmm. get likes. It's a juicy headline, but it's clearly just an exhausted actor yeah. saying, "I have my contract's done at the end of this trilogy that tells a complete story." Yeah, of course I'm not going to be like, "Yep." In 2020, I can't wait to play Ray when she blah blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What's she uh, gonna say? What's she gonna say? Then I think some follow up stories have emerged that she's like, no, it's misquoted. I didn't say I wouldn't. It's just again those those press junkets, those tours. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, there's harder things in life to do, but it ain't easy when you're traveling around. It's a it's a physical. Uh, toll uh, that is taken. So I I can see where she was. And as a young actress whose career is on the rise, Mm -hmm. of course she wants to try other things. She should try other things. And uh, that's got to be her mindset. And I don't think beyond nine, she's not contracted for anything. It isn't like Marvel where, you know, Sebastian Stan's got nine movies or nine (laughs) appearances. We're not to that point yet. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't expect much else. I like that the interview followed up with like, would you be interested in doing like what Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford did and come back like 25, 30 years later? And she's like, that sounds cool. I can't even imagine it though. And I think that's just, it's just so honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's been involved with the voice of Ray and other things, Forces of Destiny, Battlefront Mm 2. She, she has a, whether or not that's contracted or not, you know, one could throw that back. But I think she has a, you know, caretaker mentality for this character. She realizes how important Ray is. So uh, I, I guess what I just didn't like. And, and working over on the on the other side with the collider stuff, yeah, and there that that industry has this type of grab grab a rumor, make it a story, make it a fourteen minute video about why, and then the fan base can kind of take it. Not necessarily the Star Wars fan base, but the movie news fan base. Some people took it as I saw some comments and tweets about how dare she? This is oh. what made her. Yeah, and it's like no. calm down. And I think oh, that is no. crossing a line a little bit. It's one thing to get like a rumor, like you know that yeah. this summer there's there was the Obi Wan rumor, like really. Uh, that there's going to be the Obi-Wan movie. It's like, again, it's it's a well-substantiated by reports rumor. Yeah. 
But that's one thing for us to run on, to take an exhausted actor mm-hmm. uh, slightly out of context and in in say, Ray, you know, Daisy yeah. Ridley's done. Yeah. Like, that's not what she said. That's no. literally not what she said. I can't believe that people said that. Like, she should... Yeah, that's so rude. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. in this interview, she says that she's been working on four movies, like, almost yeah, yeah. kind of simultaneously. Yeah. And she's like, I don't even know what day it is or whatever. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. She is just exhausted and this is so emotionally taxing so much pressure to play this character yeah so she needs a break yeah i I will say within that i feel like she has truly stepped up to Mm -hmm. uh, fill a little bit of that carrie fisher void yes she Mm -hmm. is uh, and i mean this is a high compliment a little saltier Mm. uh in this round of uh press junkets and i think that's because a she's more experienced and i think just kind of getting the tutelage of carrie fisher of like don't let this industry push you around. Yep. Yeah. I feel like she's kind of joking back. She's pushing back a little bit more and I think it's great. Yeah. 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 And really being herself more. Yeah. I think that's really who she is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the first sp- spoken word in The Last Jedi. And I don't mean Star Wars poetry. Ryan Johnson told Jimmy Kimmel. That's what I, I seriously thought that. I was like, wait, spoken word? Well, okay. Luke's going to recite a tone poem. <laughs> we are going back to Jabba's Palace. So yeah. There's going to be a bunch of finger snaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, oh, so yeah. Ryan Johnson told Jimmy Kimmel that the first word uttered in The Last Jedi is. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. We're. That's it. We, we are, are yeah, we're. we're. <laughs> or I guess did he did they clarify that on Jimmy Kimmel? Um, let's see. Did they? Yeah, I don't know. it could be like you know, we're beast off the port bow. Like, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's weird. Well, we're. so Screen Rant is speculating that it will either be either General Hux or Kylo Ren who says this word upon returning to Supreme Leader Snoke. Just for fun, who do we think might be saying we're? Uh, I think it's a caretaker. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yes. We're going to need to get another bed. We have a new guest. Ooh, wouldn't that actually be great uh, misdirection by Ryan Johnson if yeah. the caretakers are saying that, but not in English. Yeah. <laughs> in yes. whatever their caretaker language of hoots and wails and howls. <laughs> fish talk. That is technically weird. But it's the first spoken word, I guess. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Joseph? Yeah, I think, I think it will... Uh, To me, we're going to talk about it more uh, in next week's episode, but to me it brings up a lot of questions of exactly where the crawl falls. That's the most fascinating thing to me about this. Yes. And we can get into it a little bit uh, deeper on our our last episode before The Last Jedi. But, yeah, I'm going to say Poe or Hawks are my guess. Mm, mm, Good guess. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, that's it, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> that is That's it. the news. That's it. Just a little bit of Star Wars news. And, uh, and in, in a weird way, I, it, we ramp up for Solo so soon after this, but in a weird way, uh, there's a relief that once The Last Jedi's out, a lot of these news stories can go away. Yes. You know, and I've enjoyed it all. Don't get me wrong out there. Like, I enjoyed the push, the press push. It's exciting. Yeah. And I driving uh, last night, uh, running some errands, and I saw, you know, uh, Kylo Ren, the billboard of it. It's like, ah, yeah, that's cool. So I love it. But yeah, you know, just like, all right, let's let's start taking and breaking down this movie, and that's move on versus TV, t- TV spots, posters, this, that, promotional Potato chips. Yeah. I like the community. Yeah. I'm done with yeah, the tidbits yeah. from the movie. I think yes. it's a yes. good distinction. That, yeah. That's what I'm clumsily trying to say <laughs> there. Um, but, you know, in this age of a uh, wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan, there's so much stuff. And uh, uh, we want to catch up on some things that have been big in the Star Wars universe the last couple weeks. It is the book The Legends of Luke Skywalker and Battlefront 2. 
And we do want to warn for spoilers for both these things. If you uh, haven't had a chance to finish the story mode or haven't played the game and you don't want to know much about it or haven't read the Legends of Luke Skywalker book but you still plan to, we are going to dive into these things, overviews, talking, breaking down. So just wanted to give that ooga spoiler warning. As we warn in, as we say here on Four Center. So, first things first, roll call on Battlefront 2. I have had the chance to play it. Joseph, you have too? I have. And I do just want to uh, shout out one thing about kind of why, why we're gemming both of these into this yeah. one episode. Because it's been, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to cover as much as we can. But we wanted to talk about Battlefront 2, Legends of Luke Skywalker, and then wrap up the conversation with a little bit of overall Where's Luke going? Because one of the juiciest things in Battlefront, it's Luke-related, and then obviously yeah. the book is all Luke. So we yeah. will also be talking a little bit about the big picture of Luke. You're absolutely right. This is tracking the path of Skywalker. A lot coming out of these yeah. two things here. So I've played, you've played. Jennifer, you have uh, a lot uh, uh, less free time or more. Uh, I'm trying to say, it. How, how do I say you're better than Joseph and I? No, <laughs> no, no. I've been deprived. No, but uh, my husband is really is interested, and so I'm like, okay, Okay, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna do this together. It's gonna be fun. Can't recommend it enough in terms of just playing that story mode in that campaign. Is, is it short? Yeah. Is it? Does some plot points move fast? But I grew up. We all grew up in that era of uh, you know three to eight bit. If you're lucky, Star Wars games. And it's sometimes I would pause and just be like, look at this world. Amazing, playing. beautiful, yeah. yeah. The posters of Palpatine on Vardos. Yes, oh, it's yes. Such, it's so it's all so well done, and I think for me, my biggest reaction is like, yeah, uh, your your video game play mileage may vary on the actual story. If yeah. you're like a big gamer, like, is that a good video game campaign? I enjoyed playing it because I got yeah. to shoot stormtroopers in the head a yeah. lot. <laughs> a lot. But the story is amazing. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who likes to dive into the canon. There are so many rewards. It is so tied into everything that's been coming out with books and comics and the movies. You know, for a lot of uh, a lot of focus on this being a canon video game, and, yeah. and that almost seems like you, you almost want to laugh at that. Like, how oh, we're in this age, and even these video games have to matter. And then this comes out, and I was even kind of like that. Like, ah, all right, yeah, I'll play it. And then I read in front of Squad the book, and was like, okay, great. I love this character, Inversio. Love what love what's happening. But then this story comes out and it's like yeah it it i i want a book version of this story i thought yeah. it was really good i want a book sequel i want more yeah. adventures of inferno squad like yeah the main character story is great but then it just touches every little part of this era of storytelling right right the aftermath trilogy the lost stars uh reference you know all sorts of stuff yeah so i guess we should give a, a basic overview of what what's happening here for those who haven't played and aren't going to play or those who have played and want a little bit of a refresher um this begins with Iden versio captured perhaps intentionally as it, she kind of hints and says uh, uh with her droid the id 10 droid which is a step up from the id 9 she is on a rebel uh uh, security cruiser, which is great because right away you get a first deep cut with Admiral Akbar talking about the rebels massing near Sullust. Yeah, and, and it's even deeper than that. Yeah, I realized uh, the it's a reference to the Moving Target novel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because they talk about yes, you're right, and I haven't read that, but you have. I have, yeah, and it is about keeping Princess uh, Leia away from Imperials, distracting them, and it ends up with her uh, she- stealing Tidarium, right, with Nine Numb. 
So, right. and, and that's just like casual background. That's the plan the rebels are discussing where you're sne- sneaking around is Iden Versio. Yeah. It's so deep. Yeah, deep stuff. Deep stuff right from the beginning. And then you end up on Endor, and, and Jennifer, there are Ewoks. Oh, good. Yep. You, you don't get to shoot or play as them, but... I shot at one. You, you shot at did. one. But it, it ran away. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> it scared me. And oh, it really no. did. It, this is after... The close of Return of the Jedi. So you see there's some fireworks in the air at one point, right? Am I, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I found my melding what I see in other comics. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're fireworks. Yeah. I there's a lot to notice. Yes. And you can miss things. Yeah. Uh, the, the Shattered Empire comic, by the way, ties so greatly into this game. Yeah. Oh. And I highly recommend if you haven't read it or go re- refresh yourself uh, with it. So I had I had this problem over in Collider 2 where I was like, you know, you see Han without the beard. And everyone's like, what are you talking about I'm like oh that's shattered empire um, but it's around the same time it's it's um the death star hasn't blown up yet so so it's right towards the end there and the, the shield bunker is blown up with it which is fascinating because you are getting there with your team moments after solo and his team have cleared out yeah because uh, the aftermath is still there and i thought i just love that kind of stuff yeah i love the mood in that scene of just this sudden switch where you Feel it. It's so well told of like, we are the empire. We are going to crush it. Oh, everything has suddenly gone the opposite and it's you you go through like some passages where you suddenly re- the um, the imperials suddenly realize they're in trouble and you hear ewoks and like yeah. it feels like i'm gonna be eaten yeah <laughs> that's why i shot at Ewok. <laughs> it scared as you should me. as you should uh and that's when uh, in her father uh admiral garrick uh, versio is saying like the shield oh the shield is down then if that bunker can't be repaired or or brought back up online we're in trouble boom and that's when the second die- and it's beautiful it just looks beautiful yeah I mean, I'm sitting there staring up at this. Like, if you had taken this game and put it in my hands to, uh, when I was 10, I would have ha- not survived. <laughs> my heart would have exploded. I would have really thought, like, we must have colonized Mars for video games <laughs> to look this good, to see this many pores in a person's face during the wow. cutscene. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had the, the, the fortunate uh, pleasure of, of meeting Janina Gavankar a few times, and... I'm watching this game, and it's like, that's her. There's almost no uncanny valley. The the eyes are always tough on video games. It's it, it, You're playing Madden, your quarterback's staring into the void. I get it. But <laughs> but other than the eyes, but, I mean, her face, everything about it, uh, and all the other actors, like, wow. Yeah, and her acting choices really shine through, yes. which mm-hmm. makes it, it really, again, elevates the story, regardless yeah. of what you think of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So then this this progresses, and we're not going to go beat by beat no. here, but it progresses where the Death Star's exploded, this plan, Operation Cinder, you meet her father and the sentinel droids and this also connects with the shattered empire down to almost word for word perfect what the sentinel droid says to another imperial officer in shattered empire this is uh, one of the emperor's final commands they say final command but i like to consider the contingency plan with gallius rax is kind of the emperor's final plan there's probably at least a third one out there yeah there's got to be more right <laughs> there's someone else over there but it's fascinating and it's good and you learn here's all right so when we're in a post emperor world and you know, Jennifer, growing up, we had until Timothy Zahn's novels, we didn't have a clear picture of what that meant. We grew up Jedi explosion, uh, Vader, Emperor dead, em- Ewok celebrating. It's over. That's it. Yeah. No. So much more. Really? So much more. I mean, we've learned in Aftermath a lot and what, what happens. That's why Wendig's books of victory for me, that series, because yeah. it, it paints a, a galaxy in chaos following mm. these events. It's the cleanup, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So I think it works. That Return of the Jedi is the end of the war. 
Huh. Yeah. I mean, they kind of talk about it. Jakku is the end of the war, but this feels like cleanup. And it, 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 again, it tells that story so well. Like, the rebels are now the alliance, mm-hmm. and they are on the offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Making their final push, their final play. And uh, so the, the, this progresses enough. You, this Operation Cinders is. It's in Shattered Empire, again, I'm going to refer to that a lot, but it, it's almost like a James Bond villain-like plan to launch satellites at planets and change the weather into nasty weather. <laughs> yeah, it's the huge, unnatural storms that you get to run through. Yeah, wow. and I, which are awesome. Yeah, and I think there, I think there are like a couple key moments in this. Yes. The Vardos thing is the key moment. So the Operation Cinder is basically uh, the Empire's weekend, so let's terrify planets and show that through terror... Wow. That you still should be afraid of us because right. that was always the emperor's perspective. That's why he wanted the Death Star. You blow up a planet, you terrorize people, right. and then they are afraid to do anything. As, as Krennic says, you have to start somewhere. Yes, you know? <laughs> and the emperor is making it a science. And now, basically, the big twist is that Aiden Versio and one of the other Inferno Squad members, Del Miko, get to Vardos, Aiden's home planet. It's being tormented by these satellites that create these unnatural storms. And Aiden suddenly sees, this is terrorism. Mm. Yeah. And basically, uh, she and Del turn. <gasps> yeah. And then one of the other mem- the other surviving member, Gideon Hask, stays loyal to right. the Empire. Now, it does happen a little quick in the video game, and people have criticized that. Yeah, yeah. But to me, this is a super cool thing, is in the book Inferno Squad, yeah. they are indoctrinated to see the rebels as terrorists. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They deal with Saw's partisans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do kind of terrorist strikes? Yeah, right. And so for me, it makes a lot of psychological sense for her to think the empire is the government and the rebels are terrorists. Right. And then she gets here and sees, yeah, they're just terrorizing a loyal imperial planet and her own father her. ordering it. Yeah, and it's oh, my planet. Yeah, and there's a just a great little uh, throwaway in Endor conversation where she kind of blames the emperor, which I wanted to tell you about in particular, Jennifer, yeah. because there's this great conversation where she's being called treasonous for questioning the emperor. And she basically says, like, well, in order for the second Death Star to be destroyed, there must have been something that he or high command missed. Mm. Yeah. And another great shout out to Ewoks. Mm. <laughs> this is clearly <laughs> the Ewoks. That, they did factor it. in the Ewoks. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Um, and, and as far as like Del Miko's turn, now we're going to highlight more on, on Luke Skywalker as we go on here. But that mission, so Del, still under the banner of the Empire, is sent to this planet Pilio. To uh, I don't know, you got to shut something down. You know, in any video game, you got to shut something down. Right. You know, um, but uh, something on, the, shut something. The down. game switches to from uh, you get to play Luke Skywalker's point of view, uh, voiced Ooh. by my friend uh, Matt Mercer, who had kept it from me for a couple <gasps> years. Kept it from a, a lot of us because I, wow. I remember him in passing saying he had a big audition at Lucasfilm. And he's like, I can't. It's so exciting. I, <laughs> I was at Matt Key's house. And me, Matt, and Mercer used to write a lot along with our friend Jack Conway. And, he is and, a great guy. And, and Matt Mercer's a great guy. And, um, you know, he's, he just he said it. And I remember it, it went out of my mind. And I'm playing the game. And I'm like, wait a minute. <sighs> That's Mercer. He's also Kylo Ren. So I text him like. Dagnabbit, you're Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but you get to play as Luke, and this is the, I think, for all the things that matter in canon, this, Joseph, correct me if I'm wrong, might be the most important. I think so. That As it, as it develops in front of us in the story, you know? Yeah, I think the biggest connection to yeah. uh, Last Jedi, to Luke, and to, like, future storytelling in this gap between right. the last Je- Return of the Jedi and, and Force Awakens. Uh, so... 
this is so well written with Luke. He basically comes across Dell. He saves him because Dell is being attacked by some bugs things and is, you know, caught up in this hard, some bugs. hard <laughs> crystalline thing. And it's just great Star Wars stuff. And basically Luke's like, hey, let's we're going to the same place. The Emperor has some uh, observatory thing here. That's what uh, Del Mico is supposed to be destroying. Luke's been drawn here by some strange force pull. Huh. That he senses something, and there's this great conversation with uh, with Dell about like, I know who you are. Why didn't you kill me? And Luke's like, Well, you gave me a choice. Yeah. Like, let's just work together. Wow. I don't want to kill you. And uh, they get to the bunker, and Luke has to use the force to open the bunker. Mm. And the dime drops for Del Mico. It's like, Well, why would the Emperor have a door that you can only open with the what? <laughs> and he's, he says, uh, Now is are you telling me that the man who destroyed all the Jedi was one of them. Mm. And uh, previously Dell had mentioned being frightened of Jedi as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then Luke says, no, I'm telling you as a child on Coruscant, you were afraid of the wrong thing. Wow. Yeah. So it's just like yeah. great, great little oh, canon so stuff. Good. And then yeah. basically it gets to Luke finds what I think is going to be, you know, when the Force Awakens came out and we were all talking about, but that staff, that staff. Yeah. That compass. That, that compass. compass. <laughs> he finds a strange Force compass and keeps it. Yeah, a so you're compass? gonna be yeah a compass. Yeah. You're gonna be hearing yeah. the phrase the compass on Pilio if you're a <laughs> you know hardcore Star Wars yeah. nerd. It is the new kyber crystal around Jen's neck. It is the new Ray's staff. You're absolutely yeah. right, Joseph. That is a great way to the compass on Pilio, and uh, the other stuff's gonna be destroyed. But uh, Luke's like, yeah, hey, mind if I keep this? Yeah, let me take this compass. Mm. And picks it out of uh, almost like at the end of uh, Last Crusade. He grabs yeah. uh, one little th- item off that matters. Um, and, and and we're going to tuck. It's also referenced in the Legend of Luke Skywalker book, too, as well. So that's why it did. But that's why I think it's the most important level on the mission uh, or the level on the game. Yeah. That and one, also, I think you can pull a lot from it. Yeah, exactly what the compass is going to be. What is it for? Is it directions to the unknown regions? Is it how Luke yeah. found the first Jedi temple? Is it something that's actually a plot mechanic of The Last Jedi? Some people think they have seen the compass in a screen grab of a trailer from The Last Jedi. Right. So it, mm. it could be really, really central. But if nothing else, it was just really cool to see Luke in his post-Jedi, like, I'm going around trying to be a Jedi. Mm. And, and pretty quick after the events of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So this, and again, Shattered Empire, where he takes Shara Bay on the mission to get those Force trees, uh, the nice. l- leftover tree from the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Like, uh, he's on the move fast. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting as well. Story goes on. A- a- all right, so now uh, Del and, and Iden are, are good. The turn happens. Great scene with Lando. This new character, yeah. Shriv, is awesome. One of my favorite He's a Duros. Mm, really? Shriv the Duros, yeah, and he kind of becomes the third member of the new Inferno squad that works for the Alliance. And yeah, long story short, you get to play as Han, which ties directly to the events of Aftermath yes. on uh, Tokadana. Yeah. Uh, you get to wander around Maz's castle, some oh, great stuff cool. with Maz. Great stuff. And you get to be Lando, you get to be Leia on Naboo. Which which completes the mission on uh, the Shattered Empire, because you see the begin- beginning of that. Oh, nice. And yeah, there's actually yeah. quotes in the game that are exactly quotes from the Shattered Empire comic. When so Lando cool. shows up, all the stuff like you can look, go to the, the 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 comic and find that frame and find that panel, and it is exactly as it is in the game. It ties in, and so in the in the comic, Leia's in space fighting. Well, now we know she went to Naboo to defend against this Imperial invasion, and and you get to you get to play as Leia, and it's cool. 
That's amazing. Yeah. All these tie-ins. All these tie-ins. How do they do this? And then, and so that's, and there's a fade out after this. It's about seven, eight months. And that's when you later on then join up with Han, and Han's got the beard. He's at Maz's castle. You get a little Maz. You get, so you get to go down to where Ray finds the lights. So you don't get to open that door. Oh, yeah, you can't goodness. go in there. Like knocking on it. Um, and oh, it's, uh, that's where he gets an Imperial contact. And, and I, I didn't break it down, but there's some other videos you go can break down the, the conversations at each point, some of them are just fun, casual stuff, and others tie into other things. Yeah, so, yeah, your first mission as Hunt is to wander through the bar and find your Imperial contact who allegedly has information about how to liberate Kashyyyk. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And so you basically just, it's a great video game for all of their advancements. They haven't uh, gotten past this. Han just casually stands by people, and they continue <laughs> their I intimate conversations and yeah. secret business deals. Well, you're just standing there as a bearded Han Solo. <laughs> Can't even pull out your blaster. You're just a peeping Solo. <laughs> peeping Solo. That's my life. Uh, but that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing Maz's castle, um, going in and out. I mean, it's fun. It, it, you get kind of. It's like when I on the first uh, new Battlefront. I love going through Jabba's palace. I've talked yeah. about it here in Force Center, but finding the bath, the bathhouse inside Jabba's palace and <laughs> stuff like going through these castles and these these levels. It's really fun. Naboo, I, I now it's beautiful. Now I definitely want to move there. Um, <laughs> This moves on and on. We don't want to go plot point by plot point, but uh, we go to the Battle of Jakku eventually. This is kind of yeah. the big final. But it's, 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 it takes a while, and I love everything on Jakku and the Battle of Jakku. Very, my favorite part of the game in terms of just game action. Okay, yeah. Um, a lot of fun. You get to destroy walkers. You get to do this and that. But there is there's a lot in there. Yeah. Fun throwaway stuff. Red uh, wedge and uh, snap. We're going to need you to go do this, and that is from aftermath. Yeah, uh, there is the lost stars reference. Yeah, right? there's a reference to uh, you know I think Commander uh, Thane yeah. Kyrell is yeah. on this. Yeah, there's a so, someone says uh, an Imperial destroyer. I'm, I'm paraphrasing is 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 crashing or something like that. Yeah, and, and you know that's the yeah. end of the book, Lost Stars. Yeah, it's supposed to be happening there with uh, the Inflictor. Yeah, yeah. The Inflictor, and someone says uh, oh, we have two operatives up on there. Uh, that's a, there's I'm blanking. There's a couple. I, I did this video at work, and I, I, I there's some other deep cuts too as well as yeah. well in, in the game. So that's just fun. Because sometimes you can miss it. I want to play it again just to catch it all. Yeah, I played through it a second time just to try to listen for everything and still miss some stuff. Yeah. It's uh, dense. And it's... Pretty fascinating, and and obviously there's mentions of uh, Galleys Rax and uh, a mission to uh, the other part of the fields, wherever it is, where that's where the the observatory is. Yeah, Carbon Ridge, Carbon I believe. Ridge. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of deep cuts in there, along just some fun video game action, and uh, then you get a final confrontation with uh, Admiral Versio and Iden, and um, he uh, he uh, goes down with the ship. Yeah, it's great because we know from Aftermath that the ultimate plan of this whole Jakku battle is, and this is spoilers for the Aftermath trilogy, that the they wanted to make this last stand so the Alliance really thought the Empire was dead while a couple of them snuck off to the, the unknown regions to, to rebuild and be the First Order, and that is an, a, a command of Gallius Rax. Yeah. And uh, Admiral Versio, Iden's father, says, like, Rax wants me to go somewhere, and I yeah. I don't. The, the, that's a new empire. This is my empire. Yeah. And a very tender moment where, uh, you know, especially if you read the Inferno Squad book, that he's this hard military father and, like, finally admits to his daughter that she was braver and stronger mm. for seeing that the empire was not doing things the right way. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. wow. And it's like, you're going to survive because you're stronger. So it was a really good 
end beat to that whole yeah. story. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was a a, a different beat. We expected a big fight because it's a video yeah. game. The fight against the final boss. And it's not really the case, and I liked it because it, it it keeps true to the story. Yeah, that's the story we want to hear. Then we end up, we finally get to this thing decades later. We got a fade out and then a fade in. We got a great final shot, actually, by the way. Uh, Dell and Iden uh, share a kiss, that type of thing. Yeah, it's and it's beautiful. Sunset with ships crashing. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it's beautiful. And then we fade out and we fade in decades later. Um, Del Mico. Uh, is uh, now bearded and older. He is uh, on that ship, the Corvus, on Pilio. Um, and now you're Kylo Ren, and now you're inside his mind at some point. Yeah. yeah. So it's really great because it's, the, you know, the video game looks like it's over, and it is a short campaign. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, ah, that was great, but come on. And then, ooh, decades later. And, yeah, it, it is basically Kylo trying to invade his mind mm-hmm. to find out where the old man took the map. To Luke Skywalker, yeah, oh. meaning uh, Laura Santeca connecting mm-hmm. right to the events of the beginning of The Force Awakens, and it's this very cool thing where it's this kind of uh, misty memories of Del Mico that yeah. Kylo is uh, like advancing through, and then the his Del Mico's mental defenses are portrayed as all of the different troopers who would be in these environments from his memories. So then you actually do get to fight them as yeah. Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. my goodness! Starts on Scarif, worked its way up. A lot of cool things, and and you get this connection. There's something going on. Del Mico, I think, at some point has met Lor Santeca. A lot of this isn't clear. You know, we're trying to fill in the blanks here. Yeah. There's some kind of connection. Hmm. Um, I think to this compass, to Del Mico, to Lor Santeca, to this map, to Luke Skywalker, who we had a positive experience with on Pilio decades earlier. It's all kind of there, but it doesn't end well. Um, and uh, Protectorate Gleb, who is a character that is uh, featured on the Vardis level, who's also featured in Inferno Squad, mentioned she was a kind of a teacher to uh, to Aiden and Gideon growing up, right? Yeah, it's sort of like Rosa Kleb from James Bond if she yeah. was an Aqualish. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <The> dense <laughs> reference. That's, that's a good one. Um, anyway, it's turn, has turned Dell over to the First Order and Kylo Ren. This is how this happened. So uh, Kylo leaves. He's got better things. Maybe he's going to head over to Jakku. We don't know how close this is to the start of The Force Awakens. It might be very close. Um, and that's what Gideon Hask is revealed to have survived. And he is now part of the First Order. And uh, there's this mention of Adele and Aiden having a child. And this is the reference that everyone <gasps> freaks out about. Understandably. Oh. Yeah. Understandably. But I don't think it is what it is. No. Because no. Kylo, as he's marching through his uh, memory, is like you thought, you know, your love would save you. You thought your yeah. daughter would save you. Yeah. Your daughter. Yeah, yeah. so the, it wasn't just oh, that they had shoot. a kid. It wasn't just like, oh, we went yeah. to this video game. These Imperials yeah. found love, and yeah. but that they have a daughter, and it's, you know, tracks to be about the right age. But, uh, yeah. yeah, should we just... There's more to be said about the video game. Yeah. But should we just get into the daughter thing? Yes. Yeah. So, Ken, do you think that they would introduce Ray's parents in a novel that turns into a video game? It would be bold... I'm not saying they wouldn't, but I do not believe they have. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. What do you think, Jennifer? If that was the answer and you had to go back and say, I got to read this book and play this video game to meet Ray's parents? Yeah. I could actually see it happening. I could. Because it's a way to really get to know these characters more in depth than if they're just briefly seen in a film. Yeah. Right? This is their whole backstory. And we have a, an emotional connection to that. It's very, very clever. Mm. Makes me want to buy it all. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
it, again, I, I give, I leave a one percent margin because in this new era of mm-hmm. Star Wars canon, yeah, I could see them doing that. But it's it's almost the biggest question in the movie to have it answered in this way. Yes, seems. Uh, I mean, not help me here. Not arrogant, but just like. Whew, that's a lot of hubris to be like, ha ha, you need to buy this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. The biggest question to me is whether the writer and the, everyone at Lucasfilm who approved it mm-hmm. knew that they would be setting off a minor little firestorm. Because they could have just made it a son. Yeah. Mm. Or they could have just not mentioned the gender. Yeah. Right. But, you know, for everybody who's looking for a connection, that certainly sounds like one. Yeah. There'd also, other people have pointed out, there'd also definitely be some, like, uh, uh, Sensitivity issues to act race because yeah. neither of the actors who portray yeah. Del or Aiden are is are, Lily White as, yeah, as oh, Daisy Ridley as, is. As, as, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, Star Wars def- gets a little shifty with definitely Janina is, is not, but Del, yeah, because he's he's British, but I haven't seen the actor T.J. Romney, I think is his name. I can't remember. I have to look that up. Yeah, you're right. There could be. Kind of a Captain Rex situation. Yeah, I'm oh, pretty sure. Yeah, I, you no, know, I apologize I if I'm incorrect about the actor yeah. who plays Dell, but I don't believe I, he I, is just white. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, it's worth a look up here while we're ch- chatting. But, but yeah, you're right. And and, and again, just be, it's like he has a British accent. It's Ray's father. Um, it definitely leads me to think that there's something. This Jakku is to me become the bigger question <laughs> than Ray's parents. Why is everything around Jakku? Is mm. is what I want to know. Right, right. And we get a little mm. bit of that in the aftermath uh, trilogy of like you know, there's some sort of presence there. That's why the observatory is there. It's close to the unknown regions, all that. But yeah, there is a question of why Lor Senteca is there. So this goes. Not only does it end on a cliffhanger. Which I guess is so there can be uh, downloadable content that they can give us, so more video game. Uh-huh. But it basically, like, they leave the ship Corvus there as a trap for Iden Versio, for old, older Iden Versio to track down her husband oh. and walk into a trap. So, oh, like, no. it, it's a direct cliffhanger just for video game and for story. But then there's just this sort of barrage of clues to other storytelling. Oh. Uh, they mention Kylo Ren discusses with this uh, Aqualish. Uh, mm-hmm. About uh, Project uh, Resurrection. Project? Yeah. So we don't know what that is and that, that they're going to move their operation to this other planet. And also, Del Mico, when he breaks and tells Kylo Ren where Lor Santeca took the map to Luke Skywalker, he says Baylor. Yeah. So there's all these things to basically, it's just a shotgun of... Hey, you want to go nuts about canon things, people? <laughs> Here are a bunch yeah. of questions. Yeah. What? So uh, I, I follow. So yeah, his uh, T.J. Ramini. His birth name is Tarek Jafar Ramini. So yeah, I, I nicknamed Teej, um, and it's all gent at six two. Uh, it's like a Monday to yeah. brawl. And he, he's a he's a <laughs> solid character actor. I've yeah. seen him on other things. A lot of, yeah. lot of other things. A yeah. lot of other things. Um, yeah. So. This operation, this resurrection thing, I, I got to be honest, I glossed over it when I first played. It. That's why I also want to replay the game. Um, so I, I have no, I have no real prediction on what it might be. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, a lot of questions to be to be answered. Uh, probably not here today. Not here today, indeed, because we also want to talk about the legends and the myths, as it were, of Luke Skywalker and the time uh, we have allotted for ourselves here today. There is so much in this book, and, and, and Battlefront 
uh, overall, Battlefront 2 is a big win for me. I understand the big problems. I understand the, the loot crate system and all the stuff. I, I get yeah. it. But but I, as a casual video game fan, I'm just this is this is a big win. Uh, and I love that it ties into other things. And so this Legends Luke Skywalker book comes out. And it's it's um, it's a weird read, tough read at times. I don't want people to take this as a, as a giant uh, you know negative criticism of the book. It's just, Joseph, the most different Star Wars book we've ever read. Yeah, I know. For me, it was a real mixed bag. I love the concept that it is going to be people talking about Luke Skywalker, so it's real, like, this information isn't from a primary source. Mm -hmm. So you can question, is this strictly true? Did this really happen, or has this been passed down by too many people to, you know, possibly be accurate? Mm -hmm. Uh, In a couple of the stories, Jennifer, are exactly what I have wanted for decades. Oh, They're Luke Skywalker in exotic, weird, cool environments, trying to learn more about the Force and having, like, fun, cool, physical adventures as well. Mm -hmm. And those uh, uh, stories are great. And then a couple of them get into a style of comedy that is just not my bag. That is uh, a little too meta. Like, one of the stories early on is offers an explanation of why the Death Star would explode two different ways, once without a ring of energy and once with it. And, like, I get it. It's just a taste thing. For me, I'm just not into that meta humor about our experience of watching Star Wars anymore. Right. Yeah, so there's some weird stuff in there, but but there's some... Uh, and I, I had trouble getting through it only because there's just I'm like, what am I reading? And again, uh, we try to be, always be positive in Force Center, but I was just like, there was a couple times I was like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm reading. I don't want to continue. <laughs> just give me something that's real. I yes. love yes. the concept, but I just it, it ended up going off into weird spaces. But when the book finished, I had I got to say there's so. There's so many little lessons that I think can help fill the, the questions uh, and, and answers uh, that we need for what's going on with Luke going into The Last Jedi and what has been going on with Luke. I think a lot of it, there's a roadmap to Luke's mind in this book. Yeah, there's a map to the mind of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to quickly uh, sort of list what the stories are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there, yeah, there's the Mythbuster, uh, which is a very, that's the most comedic yeah. quotation marks one just uh, an incorrect story Luke uh, Luke is probably there listening to it doesn't yeah. correct it Starship Graveyard on Jakku this is told from an Imperial officer's point of view rescued by someone who might be Luke this is where that those new stories of Luke's on Jakku, Jakku he took down Star Destroyers like it was Force Unleashed Eh, maybe. Oh, right. Uh, fishing in the Deluge. Uh, Luke learns about the Tide. We're going to come back to that one from secluded race on a water planet. I droid. Luke uh, disguises himself as a protocol droid uh, to rescue R2 from droid slavers. And there's something interesting there. Joseph's going to talk about with Luke's hand. And uh, the Lugubrious Moat. Lugubrious Moat. Lugubrious? Lugubrious, yes. I read not well. Um <laughs> A tiny mole flea of Kowak. Yeah, that's right. It lives on Salacious Crumb and takes credit for Salacious Crumb's comedy career. Oh, no. And yeah. for piloting Luke at Jabba's palace. Yeah, Jennifer, oh this is the, there's, there's one more story. But, Jennifer, this is the one that we needed to talk to you about because every other paragraph is like, 
I, Jennifer has to read this. Jennifer must never read this. <laughs> Jennifer has to read this. <laughs> Jennifer must never read this. Uh, Wait. Yeah, so it, it's got some great ideas to it. This idea that there are these little tiny, tiny uh, moles that live mm-hmm. on Coac, where the Coacian monkey lizards come from. Right. Uh, and that they're parasites, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that this one ha- has a, r- a real strong opinion of himself in that uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Salacious B. Crumb is an idiot. Yeah. And he basically whispers in his big ears and tells him exactly what to do in terms of his comedy pratfalls. He's not even good at that. He tries to tell him verbal jokes, but he's not good at that. What? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't like yeah. that. And it does take some agency away from Salacious. Yes. It does, and away from Skywalker. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, because then he gets, he, he jumps onto Luke and and, t- and, and guides him through the Rancor. Oh, no. And kind of has these conversations, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, where he's just like, hey, do this, and Luke's like, no, I a dummy. I use force. And like the this little mole's like, and then I had to tell him to throw this thing, and then I... Aww. Yeah, he gets down to Luke's ear and says, like, uh, and Luke's like, I hear the force. And like, he didn't realize it was just me whispering in his ear. <laughs> I feel like this one is one where you can just say, because the story comes from it, it, th- this little guy now lives in, acts in a circus. So you can imagine, like, oh, right, well, you were there at Jabba's Palace, but this right, is yeah. just a tall tale you were telling that has then been told to somebody else that has been told to this kid. There's a whole framing device that yeah. we, we don't have time to get into, honestly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just am troubled by that. Yeah. I really... Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the final story, uh, it seems it's closer to The Force Awakens than the other stories. Um, I think so, yeah. And it's called The Big Inside, and Luke in a hitchhiking, very deep-cut reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with electronic thumb, basically, uh, <laughs> this biology student uh, hails a... a a, a Luke. Well, it is Luke. He's, he identifies himself as Luke, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is the most direct story, I think. Um, and he, he picks her up in a, in a two-seater A-wing. That's a, he's modified, which I believe we know we're going to see in The Last Jedi. At least we saw some early oh, production shots. I think right. I remember seeing oh, an A-wing yeah. in The right. Last Jedi. And um, they get stuck inside a, a space a space slug, an Exogorth, and discover a giant, completely Functional world, well, not functional. I wouldn't want yeah. to be there, but it, it's this giant world inside the space slug. So the Minox and around the Falcon were just the tip of the iceberg, and then to discover um, ancient mist weavers, uh, proto Jedi, so to speak, where uh, are in there and in in uh, they're kind of in this stasis. And uh, Luke has to they, they they communicate with Luke. All this kind of heady space hippie stuff kind of happens, but it's pretty fascinating. And I think I I fear it could be a prediction of Luke, uh, or or, or you know, there's something interesting in there about sacrifice. Yeah, and the lessons learned there, and that's and that uh, you know they get out and it's a good story. It's good. It's actually yeah. my favorite one in the book. Yeah, the the uh, fishing in the deluge and the big inside are both great because they really just focus on exotic worlds that we really haven't seen before, uh, and Luke being really serious and solemn about being a Jedi in the force yeah. and mm-hmm. what it means, but also just being really friendly and curious and wanting to help people and wanting to laugh yeah. and well, have nice. a good time and learn and be a human. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of kind farm boy eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That. 
Yeah, there's a great line in The Big Inside where she can't figure out how he managed to get water out of anything. He's like, well, I used to be a moisture farmer. I can get water out of any environment. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so all all these weird stories, some of them um, better than the others, some of them interesting, some of them just kind of weird. There's these interludes that kind of don't fact to me, just kind of, you know, weren't my favorite part of the the book. It's a framing device. Yeah, framing device, as you said. That mentions Canto Bite a bunch. Yes, that's right. They're on their way to Canto Bite. Um, That's good but with each each story there seems to be a lesson or a theme that relates to luke the mythbuster one not so much other than luke is uh, fascinated by the myths surrounding him yeah. as, he, as he hears them um, and that's i think and the, the time here we have we want to focus a little bit on some of these lessons yeah yeah so uh, i wanted to talk about some of these sort of big picture questions because he seems so focused in just learning Mm-hmm. And he's got one great line where he says, kind of basically implies, my master, the last thing he said, meaning Yoda, was pass on what you have learned. So it seems like he is really connecting, collecting this knowledge. But it's this great, like Ken was saying, roadmap to future stories of what made him finally go, I understand the force enough that I am going to start a school. Because we're yeah. seeing a lot of stories of him alone. Mm. He modifies that A-wing right. to have two seats because he likes to pick up random travelers because he's lonely. Right. Aww. Yeah. So what would what do you, do you think will get that story? What do you think that story will be that makes him finally go? Yeah, no, I need to start a school. Yeah, there there was a bit of uh, a bit of uh, the this. I'm trying to think. The Christopher Moore's book Lamb, which is a fictional uh, tale of of the years in Jesus's life between 13 and 30, where he goes off, seeks the wise men, and learns everything, and comes back. All right, I'm ready to teach. I think there could be something like that. And there okay. could be a book like that where I think Luke goes and learns in this. Um, you know the, uh, the the story fishing the deluge is interesting, like you said, because he meets these these this race of people on a planet called Luel that uh, they don't use they call it the tide. It's the same thing as the force. It's like a regional version, you know, or yeah. a regional a name for it. And there is a lot there with this elder because he, he goes around this. Um, he basically he's called the seeker, and he wants to take their trials. There's the elder one, at one point doesn't really want to teach him, and says, "I hope at some point someone comes to you and you don't want to teach them." <laughs> I hope I, I hope it happens to you too. Yeah, that was a pretty big call. Uh, pretty big call. Night, yeah. um, but uh, there is he, he learns a lot about Joseph uh, the the force or the tide doesn't want you to pervert it either way. If you use it for good or bad, you're kind of perverting it. It's, yeah. So it's this weird balance thing. Yeah. I think that that, that was really interesting because there's a question that gets uh, uh, dealt with in Star Wars obliquely, but that idea of when is inaction the most moral thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And I think mm. that's where we're going to find Luke, where he is going to call back to some of these lessons. Right. Uh, and then, you know, so you have the tide. We also have the mist, which is other another name for the force. Right. In that space slug story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's also the implication that when Luke is saying in The Last Jedi, it's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. He's not just being like, there's light side and dark side, and then just kind of in between gray Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> that what he's saying is, I've visited all these cultures who have a different name for the Force. Uh, they right. use it differently. They feel strongly about, you don't move a rock. You let the Force have a rock come to you. And to use the Force to even lift a rock, not even kill someone, right. to, you, to command the Force to do something is wrong. Yeah. The exact quote is, we don't think of the tide in that way. The ebb and flow are faces of one tide, not two opposed sides. To use the tide is to pervert it. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on here that's getting tossed into Luke's brain. Interesting. You know, that's different than what he probably learned. Right. 
or was or was or was definitely the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the prequels. We talk about Lucas saying, "Don't even trust them. Don't even trust that big organization. They might have got it wrong." And I think, I think in the end, this whether or not we're, I know we're trying to answer the question of what caused him to teach the school, but I think yeah. where he is now, that search for the first Jedi Temple, really is about going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. of of having to remind yourself, you say you're this. Yeah, you have this label. You could fill in whatever that label you want, but what what's what's the core of that? Yeah. Have you right. moved away from that? And I think the school thing is interesting to me and may play into The Last Jedi because I think at some point he would have had to say, I feel like I have learned enough that I make a choice about the yeah. philosophy I'm going to pass on to my Jedi. Mm. So after all of this learning, after trying to be so understanding, he makes a choice and then it fails him. Right. So it's not only that obviously his you know nephew slaughtered his school, right? But that I made a conviction, uh, you know, and it didn't work for me. Has got to be pretty painful for him. One final quote on that: this is, "See the light in the dark side of the Force as sunlit foam and shadowed eddies in the same tide. To accept that the Force has a greater will than the individual. To trust that sometimes to yield is to not surrender, but to dissolve the ego and the grand web that connects us all." So. Um, there, and then there's this interesting talk of um, – sorry, I'm just reading. I'm like an audio book here. <laughs> and there are more ways to serve good than by fighting and confronting evil. You also serve good by standing guard and maintaining pulse of tranquility and peace. You also rebuke evil by showing there's another way than death and warfare. And that's where I wonder, too, if, we'll, if that's the Luke we're going to find as well. I think there's definitely grumpy Luke. Yeah. There's definitely guilty. I failed Luke. But there could be – that's part of why he went away. There's also, yes, to fight is to be evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's that question is, is it evil to, is it more evil to raise a hand at all? Right. Or is it more evil to know that you could stop suffering? Right. And you choose not to. Right. And I think that is going to be one of the central questions of Last um, Jedi. We talked a lot about the the the, 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 the Mofley one. It, it's interesting because the final lesson in that one is I, I hope Luke starts trusting himself and not the voices in his head. Yeah. Which is interesting. Oh. Maybe he makes a choice that's different. And then I Droid, which is was an interesting one, but you liked it, I think, maybe a little bit more than me. But it's, I did. A, it's a great adventure one. Luke going undercover and everything. But there's something, a little detail that I think even I overlooked that you, you, you know is in there. Yeah. So uh, Luke dresses up as a bulky protocol droid to rescue R2 who's been captured by droid slavers in for this city that is basically rapture from Bioshock. Uh, mm-hmm. But Luke gets knocked over when he's uh, in the protocol droid disguise and there he puts his hand in lava and it sounds like the way it's written is that the synth skin, the actual flesh melts away and then the other robots see that he has a robot oh. hand. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, wow, that, is that going to be the canon story of how he lost the flesh on his hand? Right. And that just kind of casually tossed off in this book is a fun thing? Or if this is going to be another thing like, well, that's a legend. Yeah. Here are eight other legends of how Luke lost his synth skin. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's interesting. And I, the high concept of this book, even the compass on Pilio, which is mentioned in the Jakku story, the Starship Graveyard, the Imperial officer says that, you know, some of the scavengers came forward because Luke kind of helped a bunch of people at what I believe is the observatory after the battle has ended. Um, and he, and scavenger one gives him an intricate droid arm. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe that factors in somehow. Or, um, this, one of the scavengers goes, here's this compass I found in a case marked Pilio. Hmm. But so it's totally, it counteracts the game, which what we saw, we saw Luke seek it out or the force draws him there. He grabs it himself. But in, in this story, 12 months later, whatever it would be, roughly yeah. because Jakku was like 16, 18 months after Endor, um, uh, so a scavenger finds it and gives it to this wizard who might be Luke. It's it's hmm. so that's where the book 
is awesome, but also weird at the same time. Yeah, because right. it, it is a little bit of a rebuke to people being overly obsessive about canon. It is. Because it is. these are stories passed on, passed on, passed on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them are clearly yeah. not true. It's, like it's, the lugubrious moat one yeah. can't be true. Can't be true. It's almost like they were they, they sat around, they're like, all right, find us a good author, Ken Liu, great, here's your job. Um, write a book that all these canon video experts can't parse out. Right. Uh, the final story that we talk overall here is this big inside. Um, what I feel that these mist weavers, they come into play. It's pretty fascinating stuff. There's a lot of great little details within that story. But I think the overall thing here is Luke talks a lot about sacrifice because the mist weavers, these three surviving mist weavers who've been there for thousands of years, um, watching other people come and go and die in this thing, um, have to, they sacrifice themselves. Hmm. to basically explode the space slug and get them out, let, let Luke and this uh, biology student uh, get out. Uh, and there's this giant focus on sacrifice and having to accept the sacrifice of others because Luke talks about Obi-Wan sacrificing mm-hmm. himself and calls back to the final look Obi-Wan gave him and everything. And there's just the, the word sacrifice shows up enough to make me fear oh, what no. Luke is going to do in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. When I was pulling together show notes, I wrote it down. I was like, should we talk about it a lot? And like, no, I, I really can't bear to talk about <laughs> it that know. much. It's just for everything that in the book that feels like a heavy handed hint to The Last Jedi, yeah. that feels like a heavy handed hint. Yes. And you know what? I would be fine. I think it's a beautiful story that Luke would someday. They sacrifice himself, but come on. Yeah. Episode nine <laughs> is good for sacrifice. Hey, maybe it is not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's ten. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so uh, that's, yeah, the big takeaways from this book is if we get a, a roadmap to Luke's heart, his mind, his soul. Your questions are, are great, Joseph. Is what causes him to sit down and go, I've learned enough to teach. Yeah. And then what does he want to teach? You know, his his uh, his uh, syllabus has to be a little different than what he was used to or what the Jedi Temple had. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one of the really cool quotes that I pulled out, uh, and I know we need to wrap this conversation up. Yeah. Uh, he's got this great back and forth with the, the biologist and with the people he meets on the, the ocean planet while he's mm-hmm. fishing <laughs> yeah. for a year. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, the galaxy is knowable, and that's what makes it wondrous. Yeah. So she kind of asks him about the difference between science and the force. Mm. And that's his answer. Is like, the galaxy is noble, and that's ma- what makes it wondrous. And it's just, it, the, the character of Luke that comes out is kind and intuitive and curious mm. and just wants to, like, look at things and go, isn't that amazing? Mm. Yeah. And I just, I think that is a truth of his character. And mm. I hope that the, every, the hell that he's been through, mm. uh, that's still that kind, inquisitive that, you know, moisture farmer who said, I care. Yeah. That character's still there, and I hope it cracks through in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I hope too. so, too. Big questions being raised in this stuff, Jennifer. So someone who hasn't uh, hadn't, hasn't read the book, what do you, you you hear us rambling? And I'm sorry for the listeners, this was the Joseph and Ken Ramble edition, but <laughs> Jennifer's kind of our judge and jury here on this thing. Uh, any takeaways that you have from what we're saying here? I think that it's interesting. You do kind of have to let let all of your, uh, you know, clinging to the canon, kind of let that go to be able to enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. I think I would have a hard time with, with some of these, <laughs> especially that tiny Molefly. No, that is yeah. not. That is not my salacious. <laughs> salacious is gifted in comedy. Um, but yeah, it sounds it sounds fascinating. But I like to I like to know. I yeah. want to know what is real. And so I think that would be a challenge. Yeah. In this book. It's just fun. You know, just fun stories. And you can pick out what you think might... There are clues almost. Yeah. You know, so it's a different experience. It's... It's definitely a challenge, <laughs> but a good one as well. A rewarding one in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of great things. And I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, more because I'm sure some of the questions that were raised about Luke will be raised in The Last Jedi, and we will have 
plenty of time to talk about them. Absolutely. Now, as we move to audience questions here, uh, we are starting to look at The Last Jedi. We asked for some of your guys' predictions. Crazy, wild, serious, didn't matter. We wanted to hear about them. That's right. So these are less questions, so we'll we'll throw out any opinions real quick. Uh, but these are just predictions, fun predictions, what might happen in The Last Jedi. Uh, now, when I posted it on Facebook, most of the predictions were just Ray and Kylo will team up. Yeah. Some of them were in battle. A couple of them were like, maybe uh, Raylo, maybe it'll be a mm. shipping thing. Who knows? Uh, but what do you guys think about just that overall prediction that Ray and Kylo will team up against Snoke, maybe against Luke? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I don't know. That's how they're, that's how they're <laughs> leading us to believe in all the trailers. Yes. But I'm not going to be fooled again. Uh, so it'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how they make that um, organic yeah. yeah. Truthful. I, I I want it. I still think I, I really, they're doing a good job of their marketing, even though there's all these TV spots giving away little moments. I still don't think I can successfully predict the end, which no. I love. Right. And uh, everyone say, even in this press conference, Luke, that line about it is not going to go the way you think it will. It pertains to the movie as well. So <laughs> if, if Kylo and Ray are team up, I want it to be for bad, for the Sith with the dark side of the force. Mm. If I don't get that, I'd rather she defeats him or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I would be interested to see them team up and say, we don't care about your philosophy. We're at point A. We want to get to point B. We both agree that point B is the place to go. You guys can go have philosophical discussion. We're going to push things over with the force. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) I think that might be interesting. Okay, bye. Uh, Chris Marie on Facebook uh, says, prediction. We still don't find out who Ray's parents are, so Mark Hamill will continue to troll everyone on Twitter about it for the next two years. Uh, I think that's a great prediction, but... I think the mystery will not be fully solved, right? I I I I think it's going to be left open. Yes. Stand by. You're going to enjoy it. Mark Hamill's going to fun for two more years, whether he's a, a character's alive or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jennifer, what do you think? Do you think we'll just get, like, here's our parents, but no other details beyond that? Yeah, I think maybe we might get some hints. I don't know anymore. I'm so confused. <laughs> she, you know, she keeps, Daisy really keeps saying, oh, yeah, it was so obvious before. Yeah. And I'm like, I missed that clue. So, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, also on Facebook, Richard Molino Weber, uh, who I will admit is my friend. I uh, became a Jedi <laughs> and married him to his wife, Angela. Uh, so Richard asks, I think Han's never tell me the odds is eerily similar to Luke firing at the Death Star by using the Force instead of with a tracking computer. I think Han is Force-sensitive, and I think he'll show up as a Force ghost in Episode Eight. That's the best, wildest prediction I've ever seen here yeah. for The Last Jedi. I wish it would happen. I don't think Han's Force-sensitive. I, I don't necessarily think that Richard believes this in his heart. I know. But, I think this is having some fun. this is great. This would be wonderful. Jennifer, how would you feel if Harrison Ford shimmered into viewing like, I didn't know I was a, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a force ghost. I didn't know. It would be one of those moments where I'm like, I don't know about this, but I love it. Fist bump. <laughs> Fist bump for Ghost Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, over on our Patreon page, Antonio Escuchio Jr. says, I predict Ray will bleed her laser sword. For whatever reason, her hatred will build up and she will bleed the kyber crystal unwillingly. How great would that be, that to be, be to see on the screen? <laughs> oh, so many words. To be one. Uh, Jennifer, would that be great to see on the screen? Yeah, I think that'd be really fascinating. That would be I could I could see it happening. I okay. don't know. Some, something's going to happen there. Yeah, I look at uh, over at Alex and Star Wars Explained, one of your opponents coming this Friday on the yeah. movie trivia mode on Star Wars Trivia Fatal Five, well, number one contender match. Um, he, he was talking about one of his videos about 
the bleeding of the blade process introduced in the Ahsoka novels shown up a lot, particularly in comics. Yeah. Mm. That you want, you have to wonder how much are they going to leave behind in these comics or how much, and, and then novels, how much means, you know, what means things? Is it just fun for the novels and comics? Or is it going to be, you know, obviously the general Star Wars fans haven't read those, but it would be an easy concept to introduce yeah. on right. screen. It's very visual. So I, I, though, at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to see it, at least not in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I think mm. maybe episode nine. In uh, our final prediction uh, comes from our patron on Patreon, Alex Lloyd. It says, Ray is the key to bring balance to the Porgs. <laughs> the crew will release them from Achto to via the Millennium Falcon. Then the seemingly gentle creatures will join the battle on Crate. They will swarm upon the First Order, pecking and consuming everything in their path. It will be the cutest massacre ever. Death by murder bird. Yeah, this is that. everyone's nightmare for episode nine. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, if it's good, all due respect to those Ewoks. But this would be like uh, Ewoks times a thousand. Yeah. I love it. That is some imagination, Alex. I want to see the uh, Death by Murder Bird book that, that <laughs> deserves this. That'll be interesting. You know, hey, you know, it's like ferret ownership. You know, you know what? Ferrets aren't, aren't legal in California, but this is the highest ferret ownership <laughs> state in the union. Uh, if you bring a porg off that island and it's what kind of havoc will they cause? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it, are they self-replicating? Yeah. Is it like a gremlin? Is it yeah. just going to go nuts on crate and explode and lots Ooh. of little baby porgs everywhere? Maybe if you get a porg wet, it becomes a crystal fox. <laughs> a vol- a vol- I think vol- that's our best prediction. Vol- Jennifer, do you want to see a swarm of murderous porgs on crate? I just want to see some Jedi porgs with their lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. That's the best prediction. Now, so those are all of our predictions. Kind of moving through them fast because we had a lot to cover yeah. this week. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, actually, my, my, this episode's long this week because I spent too much time reliving the video game in my head. I no. wanted to play those so much to cover. Um, uh, that is it for this week. Uh, we are gearing up for the Last Jedi. A lot of coverage to come. We'll have yes, our review will be out the weekend of the movie. We're going to see it. We're going to gather up, huddle, and uh, review the movie for you guys. There, a lot of fun, a lot of coverage. I can't wait. We're going to have some new data make brawls. Oh yes, uh, breakdowns. Oh, yes. The Last Jedi is going to answer questions, create more questions. So you don't want to miss it. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod on our Facebook page. That's Force Center Podcast. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. New Ewok shirt, I Heart Murder Bears, mine's on the way. Podcast is available on Podomatic, especially Podomatic Mobile, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And don't forget, patreon.com slash Force Center on Patreon. We are there. Our new goal is at $700 for audio commentary. We will audio commentate a Star Wars movie of the fans. <laughs> choosing once we reach that goal so help us out if you want that is it from us this week joseph you got some stuff coming up yeah that's right you can always follow me on find me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can also check out my website at joseph in particular check out that live shows page because i have a ton of live shows coming up i'm doing a live obsessed podcast episode in minnesota in december on december 22nd and then i have a new year's eve show right here in los angeles at nerd melt showroom and then i'm doing obsessed again as part of the san francisco sketch fest on january 3rd. 13th, so check out all those shows. Jennifer. You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I'm sure I will be doing a breakdown video after The Last Jedi. Follow me at Cat Napsock. I have my show Daily Thrones on Anchor and my podcast, The Napsock Files. Uh, I don't do it live anywhere yet. I think I'm, I'm just going to do it live on my street corner by my <laughs> uh, apartment in Burbank. It'll be good. Guys, get ready. Last Jedi's here. We'll see you next time. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 